everybody and welcome again to the gospel according to jeremy i'm your host jeremy dibler along with our friend and producer drew powell and my wife jennifer thanks for joining in um we're glad that you're here i haven't actually seen you yet this morning you look nice oh yeah thanks hi i left the house before she was up i know you guys uh, drove separate i didn't know if that was like we don't want to fight in the car on the way over type deal or if that was we usually need to ride separate (laughs) Well, the you know keeps us from fighting. The riding, the riding separate is also for the leaving. You know, mm. if you know, you know, you get to that age and you're like, you know, I'm going to drive separate. I'm, yeah. It's just I'm easier. Yeah. So check in real quick. How you feeling? How do you sleep? I slept good. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. What time did you get up? Uh, seven forty-two, and my alarm was set for seven forty-five. I love that. That's mm. the best. Yes, I was like, sweet. It didn't yeah. have to. Like, I hate waking up to an alarm. Same. No weird dreams. No. Yeah. We went to bed together last night, too. Did we? I don't remember. No Gilmore Girls last night? No. No, because Sadie was gone. How about you, Drew? How you feeling? Good. I woke up with a headache this morning, but it's going away. So that's that's good. I'm happy about that. Yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm just sleeping. <laughs> I, I always sleep good, though. Like, I'm not, Do you? Yeah. I don't... Yeah. I sleep well. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I'm not a bad I mean, sleeper. I sleep good because I'm medicated. Well, the trazodone doesn't hurt. Can I get a little bit of that before I leave? (laughs) What is trazodone? Trazodone is an anxiety medicine. Oh. And it knocks me out. More than knocks me out, it keeps me out. That's what I need. I will go to sleep fine. But I wake up between two and five. I used to be up between two and five every night wide awake. I could get up and like go do things. I started taking it when I was in treatment. Then when treatment, I couldn't sleep. Mm -hmm. I was worried about everything. Right. Disconnected from family, life, career. Holy cow. I was waking up probably every 30 minutes. And finally, and I was pretty resistant to medicine. Like, and I believe in it, but I was like, I'm like, I'm in this safe environment. Let me see if I can just like, like work it out. Right. The guys and Mm -hmm. the therapists, whatever. But finally I was like, I got to sleep. And so they got me this trazodone. I've been on it for over a year. And it keeps me knocked out. That's great. Do I snore when I'm on it? I snore anyway. But oh, I don't want it. you like, need a CPAP. I, do. I probably do. He got it, and it's life changing. You wear one? I do. Um, I mean, I'm trying to. I'm still trying to figure it out. You know, some, I've been wrestling with my my strap. That's the oldest thing I've ever said. <laughs> I've been wrestling with my CPAP strap. CPAP strap. Um, and so it's got this. It's got this little pillow so that sits on your nose. <laughs> And uh, I've gone full full head strap now to try uh-huh. to keep it in place. And then you were mentioning about, you know, with the heat kicking on, the dry mm-hmm. air. And so two nights ago, I, ha- I hadn't filled up the little moisture thing. So I just woke up real dry. Yeah. But last night I slept okay. I um, got up this morning and um, went to – I I sit at twice daily, the little truck stop, you know. and the gas uh, station. And this morning the playlist was – just so good. Like it was. <laughs> you go in there and hang out. Well, they have. Do they like, have a seat? Yeah, they have a little spot, a little a little thing where it kind of little white bison area. Yeah, a little. It's like a little bar, and you sit in these little bar chairs and work. What? And there's people coming in and out, and I can refill my coffee. It's great. But this morning was. Uh, <laughs> he hangs out at the gas station. There's every like yeah. IV coffee. <laughs> totally, on the totally. It's so daily. vibey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and they have that little ice, which is the important. Pebble ice. Yeah. Like the sonic ice. 
Yeah, it's a game changer. It's so good. Yeah, and so and they have Arnold. They have Arnold Palmer. I've looked. They have Arnold Palmer out of the. He's not done. He's getting frustrated with us already. I'm not. No, no, no. I'm not. But I just this is. I mean, this is important. They have the you know the <laughs> the the this Arnold Palmer that you can get out of the soda machine, which it's oh it's, so it's pre-mixed. Great. Yeah. But oh. the playlist this morning was. What do you I got? Mean, it what was, was it? It was. Yeah, it was got? like my summer of '69. It was Third Eye Blind, Cranberries. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and I mean, I was just cranberries. It, yeah, did you have to let it linger. I did. I had to. I had to. I had to let it linger. Um, but I was. There was this guy sitting next to me who was, you know, for sure much younger, and I was like. And he was singing along to it. I was like, well done for you, knowing this old music. Because yeah. it's coming back. You know, that Hutch has been playing me music from, like, the stuff that he's listening to now. And he's like, these drum sounds are great. And I was like, yeah, they're from the 90s. But right. they're great. They sampled something yeah. from yeah. Um I bet your kids are pretty musically, like, literate, though, right? Uh, Sadie's musically literate on anything that's trending okay. on a reel. Okay. Like she'll know, she knows TikTok the saxophone. She knows the saxophone riff from Careless Whisper. You know, yeah. But Hutch, my though, shout out but to Hutch, Hutch knows. because I've been following his music stuff because you're posting. Which, by the way, you're a great follow on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> don't listen but to Drew. <laughs> no, don't follow me. Hutch is very talented. Yeah, he's great. He is really. Yeah, good. he's 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 great, and he he has a really really deep musical vocabulary, which is really fun when we. We're living in California, and he started to play music. Um, I enrolled him in a music theory class at the college, mm. and uh, it really helped. And he's learned the number system and stuff. That's what's but up. it's funny. Um, uh, I kind of lost my train of thought here. But oh, <laughs> so uh, those songs, you know, they kind of took me. Like <clears throat> it was the summer I met Jennifer, and like it, it's weird. Songs just for me will go. I will go wherever they were. Really? Yes, I love it. I I talk to my clients about their summer of 69 a lot. Yeah. Like, what was your best? Like, if you could just mm. have a do-over, just live it again. Yeah. And, uh, man, that was just a really fun. What? So oh, what's no. your your musical background? My it, musical background? Yeah. What was, your, what, what was your soundtrack of your high school years? Oh, country music probably. With a little bit of pop, but mostly country. I mean, I was like in a truck, an F two fifty. That's yeah. That's, rope, rope hanging oh, on the gun rack. So similar. Really? That's her whole deal. Really? She Ooh, we got to talk. She drove a truck, listen to country. I didn't really listen to country. Oh man! No. Until recently, I love country now. Nineties country was wonderful. Yeah, I met Jennifer, and we started uh, we started singing together just because we would sing in the car. And so when I flew out to visit her. She, uh, at, by that time she had sold her truck. She was driving a Nissan 240 and it was a hand me down. She played me country music and started singing along with it. And I actually loved it. I was like, I mean, I didn't know any of it, but I was like, man, this is Especially great. If you music. like harmonies and storytelling yeah. and that stuff, it's, it's, it's a great genre for that. Especially storytelling. When we first moved to Nashville, we were walking through the Opry Mills mall. This was back in. Back maybe nine yeah, before the flood and all that. Yeah, 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 for sure. Walking through the mall and Jamie walks past Joe Diffie. Oh man! And 
freaked out, didn't know what to do, and literally pointed, like, where from me to you, pointed, and she goes, Joe Diffie. <laughs> Hey, he's a human in the mall with his family, but she just she just had that moment where she yeah. just like didn't. Nice, but that's her diamond Rio. Oh, diamond yeah. Rio, man, oh, and restless heart. Restless that's good heart. stuff. Yeah. That so is good stuff. Was that your childhood, Florida? Right? No, my childhood was Southern Gospel, CCM. Okay, really? Oh yeah, big time. My so my dad traveled. I think we talked about that. My dad traveled with the Gaithers. So like that was like no. our whole. Yeah. When I was two, I was on a bus with Danny Gaither. Oh my goodness! Really? Two, three years. So old. if you hear that stuff, is it nostalgia? Oh, I know it all. Like when you're flipping through the TV, yeah, and they've got like Gaither does the home the homecoming, homecomings on. Yeah, watch them on. I know all those people on there: Vestal Goodman, Jake Hess, Vestibule. I call her Vestibule. Vestibule. <laughs> <laughs> Vestibule. Vestibule Goodman. We did it. I'm filtering all of the jokes that are in my mind right now. Sorry. We did a, uh, we got an award one time at an ASCAP dinner and uh, ASCAP's a songwriting organization. And so it was all different genres. And Vestal Goodman got up and Jennifer leaned over. Yeah, because you leaned over and you went, Vestibule's here. (laughs) Do you remember though, was it Dottie Rambo? Somebody like went crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, something was up there. I don't know if she was drinking. Dottie Rambo had an episode. It was that night was crazy with Dottie Rambo. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It was sad. I don't remember what happened, but I just remember it got crazy. Well, the the Southern Gospel crew was a pretty crazy crew, though. Well, a lot of weird stuff happens in that world. Yeah, a lot of weird stuff. This is a um, this time of year is for me like for whatever reason the most nostalgic time like it's the songs it's band camp it's like the i don't know what it is like autumn is somebody one of my clients asked me the other day he said give me the your favorite city for each season and i was like that's good he goes man that's a favorite city for each season yeah and i was like well i mean autumn here is wonderful. New in the Northeast, it's great. You got to be in New York for, or you know what else? Chicago in the fall is ah, mm-hmm. because they have a lot of trees in that city. Yeah, it's a beautiful city. Yeah. Jamie and I did Chicago in the fall a few years ago. It was one of our favorite trips. It's gorgeous weather. Yeah, architectural tour on the river. It was awesome. Yeah, beautiful. it's a great city. Well, and St. Louis in the fall. Sorry, I've never been to St. Louis. St. Louis, really? Never. That's my that's my city. I, mean, I love Ozzy Smith. From the Cardinals, right? The backflip, backflip, yeah. You gotta love the backflip. I've never been through. We drove through there when I when we came home. When Jamie and I drove back here from Denver, we drove that route. Yeah. In sixty four forty. Oh gosh, Kansas and Missouri was brutal. Man, that's a long. Oh, you came through Kansas and Kansas. We came across Kansas City and then came all the way through. Yeah, that's rough. Man, you come out of the Rockies in Denver and you hit Kansas. And you're like, man, I'm, this I'm going is never back. Ending. Yeah, it's oh, bad. We were, we thought ourselves, we know, I don't know, we have any reason to ever come back here. Yeah. yeah. When, when Jennifer's dad was sick, um, she was kind of flying back and forth from uh, Southern California to here to kind of be in the mix. And then as we started to feel like, you know, it's time to, it's time to go back to Tennessee. Um, we were uh, Jennifer and Sadie flew here to look for a rental house for us. We we had bought the property down in Thompson Station, but we needed to find a rental place. And uh, I was coming through Denver, uh, and it was so 
she she and Sadie made it here, and her dad died the next day. Mm. And she she called me on the phone the night before. And my my father in law was really great. He and I were buddies. And and I hit Kansas, and it was raining. My father in law had died, and unfortunately, now that's my whatever when i think of like the time uh, that he mm-hmm. died i was like uh it's just this weird dreary kind of yeah. flat like and so for for you if you're in kansas and you're listening i'm you know i've been I'm there sorry. there's some there's some beautiful spots but that that stretch is you know it's kind of etched yeah in my psyche i i'm like that man i for whatever reason like i can go back like and almost just feel mm-hmm. like how it felt to be there. Yeah. That's why I always ask my clients, tell me about that, you know, the, the, the best years of your life. And, you know, usually it's, usually it's 15, 16, 17. Yeah, Cause I was thinking when you asked, when you just said that, I don't know what my answer is. Do you have an answer for that? I, I mean, that whole, like from 15 to, I don't know, 20 was pretty great. She ended up with a guy that she definitely was not picturing back then. I mean, did you, oh. did you want to marry a guy that worked at a gas station? I used to tell him I wanted to marry a bull rider that worked at a gas station <laughs> because he wouldn't care about his job. Right. And we could go rodeo. Okay. That's what I wanted to do. That was my dream. Well, and but I wanted to you do music. You go to rodeo when it comes to town here? It's too expensive. It is expensive, but I, I love it. Plus, it's hard for me to go to a rodeo. Yeah. we went. There's a rodeo every night in Cody, Wyoming. Oh that my is gosh. amazing. Every night? Every night of the year. That's crazy. We've never played in Wyoming. We have two states. We've been in every state, but we've never played music in Wyoming or Vermont. And I almost, really? I almost feel like don't we have a friend that works at a church in Vermont? We need to go play. Surely that. we do because we. I almost feel like we need to check that off the list. Yeah, um, we also we, have another friend that lives in Wyoming. We got to get this done. Yeah, we've we uh, a couple of years ago, <laughs> the kids for Father's Day got me the. You know, the map that you can push pins in. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, I didn't put a pin in every place I've been, but I put a pin in every place I've played music. And okay. I'm missing two. You know, yeah, I, I got to do that. If you're listening out there. Yeah. What, what's the website? How do we book you guys? Uh, I don't know. You just. So that's the problem. You that's DM. <laughs> <laughs> that is a problem. No I don't know. You, we don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe <laughs> that's the reason. Yeah. Oh, well, there's that. DM us. We'll come. Yeah. yeah. I'm, uh, Instagram. I'm going to I'm going to Texas next week, and I ended up with a Sunday off, and uh, I wanted to play music on that Sunday because I was flying back anyways, and so I called uh, David Breen, the guy that used to be our booking agent. I said, "Hey, what should I do?" And he's like, "Just put it on Facebook, dude." Mm-hmm. So I did. I just said, "Hey, anybody want me to come play?" And uh, I. First response I got, I called her and I said, okay, Let's do you do want it. me to come? And she's like, awesome. yeah, but you got to know our congregation's small. And I said, I don't, I don't care. She doesn't care. People it's, don't understand. We don't care. It's, but so I said, well, then I did say, so when you say small, and uh, so I'm going 60 people and we're going to have a great time. That's awesome. I think when you played all different sizes, you have an appreciation for sometimes those smaller ones are intimate. They're so fun. great. Uh, yeah, you build relationships there. Yeah, it's like normal off. people. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Love that. If you're not careful, they, I mean, if they're so small, they become a bit like a conversation. Like, <laughs> I mean, 60 will be fine. But, I mean, early on, we played some that were, I remember the first, 
the first out-of-state show our band played, we were so excited because we got booked to play in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And we were like, Me, man, we are on the map. We are going somewhere. We're going out of state. Out of state. And so we, we got there, and uh, we were staying at the promoter's house. Promoter. And we were staying in his upstairs bedroom. Promoter. I actually think... <laughs> He gave us most of the promotional material that we had sent to him. He gave us, yeah. he gave it back to us when we arrived yeah. and was like, Hey, I didn't need all these posters. <laughs> That's a like, bad sign. Okay. It That's was a middle, bad sign. It was the middle of the summer at Asbury College. And I, I didn't. Middle think, of a summer at a college is never yeah. good. So he booked us in the chapel. The first, there were two shows, one at the college and then one about 30 minutes away. And the first show, it was our record low for attendance. 16 people came. And the next night we broke that. You broke record. the record. <laughs> 12 <laughs> people came. And that's when it becomes sort of like a conversation. Is that like, the one I was at? I, you were, no, because you, you guys had played for, uh, what's this? Oh, gosh, why can't I think of his name right now? Well, no, because then, you guys had played in North Carolina before. Yeah, no, it's a different guy. So, but no, I know it's a different you guy. You and I went back there just. Just you and me, and we played, and he put us up upstairs. And remember, he had shot some deer. Yeah, the, and the, the freezer, freezer had leaked. defrost. Oh no, that's the, nasty. The, the freezer, and there was blood on the carpet. Yeah, there was blood all over and the it floor. Oh. But wait, so remember though, I was when I was running sound, we played music at the in, in Kentucky, and I remember it being like, "Hey guys, there's nobody. This yeah. is the nobody's." And, yeah, yeah. You're playing at a like, small group. They were like, at this yeah, point. but what's no? And we we're like, and he was like. Literally, nobody. <laughs> so I had this little habit. I would, I mean, I I did this almost, you know, I, I still will do it because, you know, as the whatever, the lead singer, I kind of want to get a, a little bit of a vibe like yeah. before. And so I would kind of open the curtains or whatever and just see what what are we walking into? What are we dealing with? And, uh, and then I would go back and the band would go, okay, so. You know, and I go, and sometimes I go, guys, nobody, and that would mean fifty people. Or yeah, something. yeah. And this this day, I went back and I was like, nobody. And they're like, yeah, but how many? I was like, <laughs> actually, nobody. <laughs> I think that's so what the day did y'all that we do? literally just didn't do it. It was just the guy that was wanting to put it on in his little kid, right? I don't know. I think we just were like, well, man, so that that happened. Like we were traveling with a. Uh, youth choir like we had like 30 40 people and at this time i don't know anything about touring but we did the same thing those sweet couple wanted us to play at their church in canada and we're in florida oh, so man. we're taking so we're excited. traveling all the way up we get there and literally that same thing happened it was the two of them were there and sit in the back because they booked their the church like yeah you can have them but they didn't do any promotion yeah. oh yeah. no and i was too young to know like you you rely on the church getting behind yeah. it for to get their people there it was like yeah. on a tuesday night or something and literally no one showed up but yeah. we had the most Powerful. Con- I mean, I went to the. There was like forty teenagers. Like, hey guys, we're just gonna go out there and worship and let it rip. And it was powerful. It was great. We oh, did the whole awesome. concert anyway. That's great. What you did you all do when you walk out in the? We did it. We did it. No, but- I don't think we did it that one. Honestly, I think we didn't do it. Did we not? I think we called it. Okay. I think that actually, the promoter felt really bad and was like, eh, "Let's oh, just dude. go to dinner." <laughs> I have a client. I have a client. He he's great. I've been. You know, he does something different now, but he did about fifteen years in a band and. We were just having a conversation about like his past and working through his tree rings and stuff. And and he has a lot of really fun band memories. He's from the West Coast and they did a lot of rock shows. But and he said something he just in passing, he was like, Yeah, that was part of the Here's the Deal tour. And I was like, 
tell me what? And he goes, oh, yeah, you know, the, the you, you get there and the promoter says, hey, guys, here's the deal. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. That's awesome. Yeah. He goes, every, he goes, it felt like every night on that tour, we would pull up and the promoter would be like, Hey, here's the deal. It's it's homecoming in town. It's a bad or, night. That's the hey, here's the deal tour. Here's the deal. Our my our tour manager Matt. Even even after we had sold all kinds of records and stuff, we you know people still they drop the ball and you don't get tickets. And I mean, bless their hearts, people they try to put on free shows, but they don't realize free is not good. And so mm-hmm. I would call. <laughs> Matt, the the tour manager, he would advance the dates, and I, sometimes I'd call him before a weekend and go, "Hey, um, how are ticket counts looking?" And he'd maybe go, "Well, Sunday looks good, Saturday's the iffy, whatever." But he had this little phrase because we would get to places, and especially it's a if it's a free show, Matt would say like, "Hey, what's a ticket count?" And the the promoter would go, "Well, you know, it's a big walk up town, people." Yep. And so. <laughs> I'd call Matt and I'd be like, hey, man, tell me about this weekend. And uh, and he'd be like, well, Friday, you've got this many tickets sold. Saturday, Sunday, it's a big walk up town. (laughs) And I knew exactly what he was talking about. Well, if you were to ask me one of my most painful memories of all time, it would have been as a youth pastor in Florida trying to put together a youth worship rally. And I had like six or seven of my youth pastor buddies in that area. And I had brought in Daryl Evans. So for me... As a worship leader, like growing up, Daryl Evans was it for me. Yeah, I adored Daryl. I listen to all this stuff, right? So I brought in Daryl Evans. Well, that day, everyone bailed. All the other youth groups, and we had had this rented this auditorium, this whole thing. So I've been that guy. The here's the deal guy. But I and it was like kind of towards the end of like Daryl. You could see Daryl Evans was kind of tapering off anyway. And I think it was like the. The straw, the yeah. dagger. He was done. <laughs> we heard from him. You since. killed Daryl Evans. <laughs> <laughs> you did it. You it did was it. so painful. Like I remember, we t- we took him to dinner at Bennigan's, and we we're like, "Well, do you want to play the show?" Or not? And they played. They did the whole thing. Man. Oh man. And I think with maybe three people in this big auditorium. Oh, oh. I'm sorry. And I That's just was brutal. Like, that has cringy. to be the worst. It was. Oh yeah. I would never want to be a promoter. Oh, no. It's way too much. Yeah. That's too scary. No. You know, those days, it, as much as I remember, I mean, I mean, there were so many great things that happened. And and thankfully, Jennifer and me were, we, our band was really fun. We had a great time on the bus. We, we rarely did we have a person with us. I mean, of course, in the band, <laughs> in the band, it was, we were all good. We were friends and we, right. you know, even at home, we'd get together and, and then sometimes you'd get a, a crew person who you'd be like, nah, you know, this is. We're isn't. not going to ask him again. Yeah. <laughs> or you'd get a bus driver that was, <laughs> oh, you know. Yeah. Oh, man, the bus driver. A bus drivers. driver can ruin a gig. Oh, yeah. Um, but for the most part. <laughs> I'm just imagining bus drivers oh, oh, telling dirty jokes or something. Yeah. Just like, or just, just terrible. Some of them are just terrible. Yeah. So we. But some are great for our bus driver listeners out there. Some are amazing, we have some actually. Amazing oh, bus. yeah. Well, we had a couple of things that frustrated people. One, um, while we were on the road, we were like, look, it's a PG-13 tour because people walk by the bus and they you can yeah. see what you're watching on TV. We were pretty and, prudish. Yeah. And, which is, and, I, I appreciate. And the other yeah. thing was we we had, and the tour manager had to enforce this, but we, we asked the driver to go below 70 because oh we gosh. could feel it when we're sleeping. If you mm-hmm. get above 65, you're not sleeping. Right. Yeah. You can feel you it. thrown everywhere. Yeah, it's just you awful. can feel it. And so, um, so I'd like, I would sneak up in the night. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. Go ahead. I could feel it. And I'm like, so I'd sneak up there and I'm looking through the curtain to make sure he's going on. And I'm watching the speedometer. I'm like, 
<laughs> go back and tell Matt he's going seventy five. <laughs> you tell on him. Oh yeah, like, she'd, come on. She'd rip open Matt's <clears throat> bunk curtain and be like, Matt. Slow this guy down. He's going too fast. <laughs> well, we had our kids yeah, on the bus sleep. too. Yeah, you yeah. know, we got little kids sleeping underneath us in bunks, and, and some of those buses fill up the entire lane. There feels like there's no wiggle room. It's yeah, yeah. No, it's a it's a weird way to travel. I mean, we Hutch and I went to see an artist here uh, a couple of weeks ago at the Ryman, and we walked by the bus, and he's again the, the nostalgia thing. He smelled the diesel, and he goes. <laughs> Mm, the smell of my childhood. <laughs> That's amazing. I, my childhood has a smell too. I was thinking about this. Uh, I was actually thinking about this yesterday because um, a, a friend of mine. I have a couple of friends that have recently started smoking. Okay, like they they like it. They, cigarettes. Yeah, cigarettes. How do you start smoking cigarettes? Oh yeah, I mean, to where one of them is like, yeah, it's kind of becoming a problem. I think I'm going to quit. Um, but and his wife loves it. It's a weird thing to start later in life, right? Yeah, and with wife, all the information that's out there. Yeah, his and wife it's thinks expensive. it's sexy. Oh, really? Yeah, like she likes a bad boy deal. I guess I don't know, but anyways, Ugh. I can't imagine thinking that sexy. <laughs> the smell that is the smell of my childhood. Cigarette like, smoke. Yeah, my parents smoked, and they we had a beer tap in the house. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah, a, we talked about that. Yeah, and so which he doesn't drink Natty Light anymore. No, I was told. What's oh, he corrected. He's drinking a oh shoot some a yingling 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 light something that's made in Pennsylvania. I don't know. He's he's Yingling's off. Good. I he's tell you this. There's day. no way he listens to this. But your mom does. Yeah, true. Um, <laughs> anyways, so it was funny. So I was so corrected. Brian and I would. Hey, mom. Brian and I would steal each other's clothes out of each other's closets, and Brian, <laughs> Brian would always tell me, uh, "I think I have your shirt on because it's I can smell it. It really? smells like yeah. smoke." But I actually like it. You know, I, oh, you don't mind weird. the smell? Oh, I hate the smell so bad. Well, you—that's weird though, because your mom smoked. I know. I hated it my whole life. It you gives did. me Even a headache. Then, yeah, it gives me a headache. I, I'm that way too. I I enjoy <clears throat> smoking a cigar. I enjoy the environment of a cigar with buddies and a fire pit in this type of year. But I, it always gives me a headache. I usually wake up the next morning with a bad headache, yeah. and about five out of ten make me vomit. Oh, so it's I'm so always it's rolling it. the dice. No, it's not. I mean, that's where it got to. It's like, hey, I like. I think I just want to sit here with you guys and enjoy this. But I love the feeling of having a cigar yeah. in my hand and like doing guy trips. Everyone smoked. I mean, these guys. Some of these guys were having uh, breakfast cigars. Do you know about oh that? I mean, gosh. like you start in the yep. morning and you smoke cigar all day. And I'm oh. like, wow. One of my worship pastor friends is a smoker, and he told me, he's like, man, there's very few things better than your first cigarette with your cup of coffee. He goes, I look forward to it every day. Mm. He's a, it is just the best part of waking up. Well, that's Folgers. <laughs> that's Folgers in your cup. <laughs> Maybe we're missing out. Maybe it's like peeing in the shower. Maybe. Maybe it's I something don't know. like later in life you know, we we'll should, figure out. We should do. I am uh, not smoking. I wanted to say this to our listeners. Um, th- first of all, thanks. This has been. This experiment has been really fun for us. And yeah, how uh, do you guys feel about it? I mean, people are listening. First three really episodes are. came out, and yeah. it's like going really? great. It is. <laughs> I have to tell myself they're not because of the stupid stuff I say. So you f- Are you more filtered on this one? I think I am. Really? So we're going to. I'm embarrassed. We're going to build out a little. Um, <laughs> so season one will take us up to the holidays. And then um, in January, we're going to make a little space. And maybe we need to do some experimental things on the podcast i mean maybe none of us i have am smoked. not gonna smoke a cigarette 
I'd smoke one on the podcast. Would you? Just you two can do that. Uh, well, and if you wouldn't be able to stay in the room, I would. I mean, it really grosses me. I've out. never. Can we do I've one in the morning? Can we do a breakfast, a coffee, and a smoke on the podcast? Yeah, sure. I mean, we could try. I'll probably cough. I mean, I've never smoked anything. That's disgusting. You know what's weird? Let's don't do it. This is going to blow yeah, you guys away. I've never seen a joint. Like all that stuff in high school where people were. Tell, you know what? <laughs> you have that one story about the. You thought that fire, but oh, the firecracker. Man. I was in junior high school. <laughs> I was in junior high school and I had ridden my bike to our, our grocery store, also had sort of a hardware section. It was called Ferguson and Hassler, and we called it Fergie's. So I rode my bike to Fergie's and they had a matchbox car section. And I'd go like twice a week, good day, get a new matchbox cars or anything. So I rode my 10 speed down there and my neighbor, Doug, came in and he was holding this thing. He's like, Jeremy, look what I got. And he gave it to me. And it was this little, sort of this just little, <laughs> tiny little, it almost looked like a candle. And I, and I thought to myself, this must be a joint. <laughs> and immediately, like, a wash of fear just yeah. came over me. And I just dropped it and got out the store. Come to find out, what he had given me was a black cat firecracker. <laughs> Had I put that in my if mouth you lit that and thing up, in your mouth, you smoke it? <laughs> I kind of wish you had. Yeah. What what is a permanent damage. Yeah, yeah. Nah. So I don't have. You know, I know it's weird. That's one of things we could try. Why don't you try smoking yeah. that. Forty yeah. some years old, and I've never, you know, lived in California. I just, you know, it's just not been. I mean, and I have friends that. Well, you sure smell it in California. You do, yeah. and you're smelling it here too. Smell it here too. Yeah, you do, definitely but not like in Colorado. There. Oh, I'll bet. Yeah. It's when not. There, it's definitely not a nostalgia. Like Ugh, thing for God. me. That's why I thought we. I might... don't mind the smell of it that much, though. Honestly, oh gosh, yeah, I, I don't hate like it. it. I'm really skunk, sensitive it's to skunky, smell. Though. It's very skunky. I don't think I would do. I'm not. I'm not that. I wouldn't. Wouldn't do that. The the brownies and stuff would be more my vibe. Yeah, I mean, but I'm not trying. I'm. I don't know. Like I said last time, I don't want. I'm at this age where I don't want anything to take control of my body. Right? Yeah. As I'm same. drinking my third cup of caffeinated <laughs> coffee. <laughs> I tell you what, if I if I were to make a career choice, I might go into dentistry just for the nitrous. Well, nitrous really? is good because it you can is turn great. it off. I mean that that feeling. Have you never of, had nitrous? Oh, you oh, sink dude. down into the chair. You're and missing it's just out. Like, I don't think so. I mean, I've been knocked out before in a dentist chair. That's what no, they no, use. No, no, no. The stuff they put it on your nose. Uh-uh. Uh, oh I my gosh! That. You I need, need a run, better dentist. I need to run some of that through my CPAP. Can if you I imagine? Could get a little, you do that? I wish I could. Can you have a little tank? I'll tell you what's creepy. Guys. I need to borrow that CPAP and try it one time. That's probably weird. Though it's not really a thing you borrow. It. It's not. No. <laughs> I'm not. You can't share it. Plus, you have to have it set to your specific. You need oh, to like go I can't it. just like go on Amazon and buy one. No, you've got to have it set. You've got to go to a doctor. And- I wake up in the morning and I know I've been. I know I've been snoring based on the way that my face feels. Yeah, yeah you my, gotta go. My mouth, like I, I'm like, man, I've been doing work. <laughs> I've been snoring yeah. hard. Man, I, I I I take mine with me when I travel. I plug it in. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a it's a thing. I got this little. Tube. It doesn't keep you up. The noise or anything? It's not loud. Oh, okay. no, it's great. He got his dad's CPAP when he died. Yeah, dad died in March. And when he I went up to you in the will? So it's, it's the machine. He got his own tubing and stuff. That's what you can't share, the yeah. tubing. Oh. But yeah, my I mean, he dad had a really nice CPAP. He inherited the CPAP. I had just gone to the sleep doctor and she told me, yeah, you got to. So I took it back to her. I said, is this good? And she's like, dude, there's a four-month <laughs> waiting list for these. Yeah. 
So what she does is that, you know, and the, he had just gotten it. The cloud actually records all of my sleep patterns and sends them to my doctor. So then I oh. go to the sleep doctor and she gives me the readout from my CPAP machine. And so, um, I, according to the data, I'm sleeping better. Um, you can know in the morning it gives you a sad face or a happy face. Do you feel better after waking? <clears throat> I don't feel better, but I have noticed that I'm able to stay up later. So I must be sleeping better. The Gospel According to Jeremy is sponsored in part by Seek Wellness. Seek creates clean and research-backed products that make living your life and feeling your best simple. Seek supplements and skincare products are made with clean ingredients free from unnecessary fillers that our bodies don't need, using the highest quality ingredients and essential oils free from chemicals. And let me tell you about the coffee. Most coffee today is full of bad stuff like mold and toxins, not Seek coffee. Seek coffee is third-party lab-tested, mold and mycotoxin-free. Jennifer and I use Seek supplements and drink Seek coffee and have experienced the difference. To place your first order, go to seektolive.com. That's seektolive.com and enter the promo code Jeremy at checkout for 20% off your first order. Again, that's seektolive.com, promo code Jeremy at checkout for 20% off your first order. Seek Wellness Simplified. The reason I ask you guys about your kind of your nostalgic summer of 69 time is when I'm doing like when I'm doing spiritual direction work, almost always around tree ring 14, 15, 16, people start to get real nostalgic. Like mm. they're like, yeah, that's when I met so-and-so. And yeah, that's what, did I talk about this one guy I was talking to on a podcast? Did I talk about this last week where he, uh, he, we did a whole session about his ex. He, he's married. He loves his kids and his wife, but he had a, a year where he was thin and, I think you oh, did. And I think you yeah. did. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's like, well, I'm like, no, tell me about that. You know, all mm-hmm. loss. I just I just read this the other day and I thought it was so powerful. All loss deserves to be grieved. And and it doesn't, I mean, it's not just like losing our dads or whatever. I mean, I I talk to parents who, you know, they have kids now and they, you know, they'd never trade their kids back. But they grieve their life yes. like, man. Oh, sure. Of course. And you know what else, too? You just maybe, I just read this this morning. There is a secondary trauma that happens when you don't have someone in your life to reflect the trauma back to you. Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't, I didn't think about that. It's, it's what I thought about you because it's what you did for yeah. me when we sat down. And I'm sure you do with a lot of you, you know, your people you meet with. But there's a secondary trauma that happens when you go through something hard and there's not another person there to be like, man, that is, that is yeah. traumatic. Oh, wow. That is tough. Like, well, I, we talked about this before the, you know, the message of trauma is always, the message of trauma is always that you're alone and that you're not safe. Mm-hmm. And even those, one of those, like you can be alone and feel perfectly safe and you can have a traumatic experience, but if somebody's with you, it, oh. it really changes it. But, and so, or even validate because a lot of us have trauma that we we dismiss. Right. Yeah, right. because I'm like, well, I didn't have you know, and list all the things that other people went through. Right. Yeah, that was oh, my I, deal. Like my, my, my parents stayed together, and I've had a yes. good life and whatever. So I've had a lot of, I had to do a lot of work to even admit, like, oh yeah, there's still some trauma though. Right. But you when know? you're sitting with someone like you said, who's who's mirroring, yeah. like all they're doing is, you know, the the two year training I did was based on the concept of powerful questioning. And it's just knowing 
how to answer someone and just mirror back because in the in the neurobiology part of it so I, when we live in california we i had these two well three very uh, educated smart friends that were in <laughs> kind of the neurobiology space and i was really interested in it especially because i have a neurological disease and so i was like trying to figure out how brains work and um the one of the guys uh it was he and his he and his wife they were just people at our church but they helped to bring adderall to market they mm. developed it with uci and so i was gum on his shoe for a little bit just trying to figure out how you mm -hmm. know as i'm learning this memory mapping how that all works which is super interesting but then my other friend dr dave who i met um, I was staying in a cabin in Montana for a week and the five of us were together and um, he was just there as an attendee, but we all realized early on, man, this guy's, I mean, he's forgotten more stuff than we've ever learned. And mm -hmm. so we, so I, he lived in Long Beach and so I go up and see him, but he, this is the thing he said, he said, your memories don't, they don't really live, um, memories don't really live as much in a time or a place as we think they do. And mm. so when you share not even a traumatic memory, even a, even a good memory that you lived alone, when you share that with someone. So if I'm talking to you, Drew, and you're sharing this thing that happened to you, maybe it was traumatic and, and I, and, and you invite me in and you mm -hmm. feel safe enough to tell me your brain doesn't know that it's now. So in your mm. mind, You've now included me into the trauma, and you're not alone. That's so interesting. your brain, your brain now will associate me or whoever the safe person is with that memory, and it will take some, not all of it. I mean, it's not going to take the sting away, but it does help with PTSD because you're not alone. Because you're not alone. Interesting. And the same thing happens with the good stuff. I mean, I will sit with clients and they'll, they'll in humility, they'll not want to say anything. And I'll be like, dude, brag. I want to know mm -hmm. this stuff. I mean, I sat with a guy a couple of months ago. He, he's working here in Nashville and you know, he's, he loves his life, his wife, kids, everything's great. But, but nobody knows that one summer he directed the London Philharmonic Orchestra. What? He was over there doing a score and, and he was apprenticing for someone. And the guy said, why don't you come up and lead this one? And that's that same year he did that. And he did it on at soundstage in LA. Wow. And I said, dude, Incredible. what was it like to lift the baton <laughs> and have world? He was like, Jeremy, it was unbelievable. <laughs> that's amazing. And I said, that is amazing. I said, who knows? And he said, nobody. Wow. Like nobody, nobody was there. You that know would be mean? incredible. Literally two days ago, Jamie, which was just so out of character, out of nowhere, was like, I liked, I, it'd be a dream of mine to conduct a symphony. Really? <laughs> just to feel like, yeah, I don't know what made her say That's that. So Isn't that crazy? But yeah, like inviting, I mean, it makes sense though, right? When you're like, when you have people with you, because I'll, I'll have moments of PTSD and I have to like, I have to talk about it. Like I have to be like, hey, I just had this feeling of this like washed over me, mm. and I need to have this conversation. And immediately when I do, I definitely feel the connection, you know. But I, I've never heard it said like that before. Yeah, That's yeah, incredible. It, I, I didn't when when the when I started to learn that, I was like, okay, that that makes sense. This is this is how you soften or heal or yeah. you know, because you're. I think a person who's gone through a traumatic experience is going to feel, you know, I. I Bless her heart. I've got a client that her husband had um, 
her ex-husband had some affairs and was caught uh, soliciting a minor. And, mm. you know, she'll, she's on the other side of it now, but she'll, she'll send me a text and go, Hey, I, you know, was really triggered or, and, and she'll, she'll end it with, why am I still feeling this way? And then when we talk, I go, listen, this is, this is probably going to be the journey of your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that we can help this, mm-hmm. but it's possible that there's going to be this thing. I mean, like what, what do you tell someone who, who lost a teenager to suicide? I mean, they're, yeah. they probably don't ever want to not feel yeah. right. something. Or lost right. anyone. Yeah. Yeah. To anything. But. And yeah. so you, you, you kind of enter into those memories. I mean, I, I try not to insert myself if I'm not invited, sure. but you, you enter in to those memories and those hard things and also the good stuff. And then they have somebody there with them. Like my friend who directed the orchestra, you know, that's a whole lot different than winning the Super Bowl. You win the Super Bowl, everybody's in it with you. Yeah. Right. And so you yeah. have this shared experience across all yeah. kinds of borders, but so much of us live this kind of isolated, you know, yeah, and well, Christians are like, now be humble. That's exactly what I was about yeah. to say. Like there's so much, <laughs> I hate to overuse the word toxic, but there's just a lot of unhelpful teaching around self-denial where people, at least for the way I was brought, like the humility, deny yourself, you know, we would sing as kids and we were taught, right. If someone complimented you, you had to say, we were like robots. We'd say, thank you. I give God all the credit. Like you had to constantly defer. And like, so what it it accidentally taught us was we're not allowed to really celebrate anything good Mm -hmm. that's happening. Cause Mm -hmm. that's flesh. That's, you know, and I think that's been harmful, I think, because like that came up for me when you said celebrating the wins. Like what came up for me is like, well, you can't do that. Like wow. because that's you're just pride. on yourself. It's pride, it's, it's pride. whatever. You gotta deny that's, yourself. You gotta be lo- lowly and humble. And I'm like, wow, man, that's that's lonely when you don't get to invite people into places where you're like, Hey, I was I did good at this. Right. Yeah, I you killed know? it. Yeah, yeah, I crushed, crushed it. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's nothing wrong and and you know, all you know, all three of us have kids. How weird would it be? If any time our kid did something great, they go, yeah, I learned everything I learned from my mama. You know, it would just be so strange. Right. Like, and so. It'd be okay. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's amazing. I, but, I, you know, I, again, that it's just, that's part of the whole reparenting. Mm-hmm. Just going, no, it's, I don't have to dull my shine. I, it's okay mm-hmm. for me to be proud of the things I've accomplished. Yeah. You know, the humility is an internal posture. It has nothing to do with what right. we say or do. Like you've been around people who walk into the room and you know that they know they think everybody should be glad that they're there. Yeah. And so it's like, you you know, you can see those people coming a mile away. Yeah. And then, well, and then you got people who walk into the room and they're like, I shouldn't be here. I, yeah. You know, yeah. humility is somewhere in the middle. Yeah. It's right. nu- it's nuanced. Like we're hearing a lot of, we're, I mean, that word nuance narrative. I, I mean, if we're paying attention to the stuff that's going on in the world right now, we're seeing how, you know, and, and, this is good that we're introducing these words, but you know, people are saying, well, it's nuanced and well, it's complicated mm-hmm. and well, it's, um, you know, it's about a narrative and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And, um, I think people who kind of live whatever in the nuance space going, I, you know, I don't really know, or maybe, mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. you know, that, I think that's kind of the humble heart, yeah. the contrite kind of, yeah. You know, I don't know at all. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, so when someone, I, I and, 
look, <laughs> you say that about, you know, saying, well, all this comes from God. Like, I get that. It's mm-hmm. almost like a superstition. If someone compliments me, right. oh, wow. what if I don't deflect? Yes. And so I, I, I've learned just to go, thank you, and just <laughs> let it hang there. Well, because it develops a scarcity mindset around yes. it's not going to keep. Like, I feel that with our business. Like, I have this fear of, like, embracing. Like, if someone asks us how it's going, I can't just be like, man, it's it's going really well. Right. I don't know why. I got to be like, man, God has just really provided for us or whatever. Because in my back, it's also true. But there's this, there's a fear I have of like, man, if I don't give God credit for this, he's going to take it away. He's going to take it away. Yep. Mm -hmm. And that's just brought. So where does that come from? Satan. Not (laughs) (laughs) Beelzebub. I don't know either. I mean, because the, in the you know we already established we already talked about hell, so we we already know that's not real. So, so. we're <laughs> <laughs> right now half so of our does listeners Satan actually live. Push pause Click. if there's not um, a hell. But I, you know, I really like sometimes in you we know, and no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sometimes I'm right I'll, here, I'm, I'm, sometimes I'm I'll carrier. ask a client, "Where's I come from?" And a lot of times they'll say, "I don't know," but. So there is this whatever. Okay, so most of us work and live in the reality of a scarcity. Like, there's only only so many songs could be number one, and there's only so many. Right. There's only. But don't you ever think like there's only so many ideas? A little bit. That freaks me out. Like what? Like no, so many ideas in the world. Well, like uh, I, when he used to write songs, I'd be like, Ugh. I mean, how many more are there? Like, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Like, oh, gosh, what if there's not another point, idea? You, yeah, at some point you hit the limit of ideas. I need that money That's coming a, in. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's gone. <laughs> we don't have any of that anymore. You know what I noticed? You you wrote almost all of your music by yourself. I did. I did it. And, he, you know, here's what people don't know. I wrote most of, most of my songs kind of as I went. And then at night, in the <laughs> evening, before we had kids especially – she would come into my office with me, and this is when we we started using this thing called the internet. <laughs> and I, I'm serious; like she would she would surf the internet. I would, yeah. And I would, and... and I would play. I'd work on the songs I was working on, um, and she'd be kind of listening, and she'd go, oh, "I like that," or you know what I mean? Yeah. Or sing we, along. Just right, yeah. Right. We would just kind of. Do you give you writer's credit for that? <laughs> no. Word for a th- what is it? A third for a word? <laughs> word or for a third, word for a third. Yeah, but it was you didn't get any of that. It, well, I yeah. guess it was all coming to you. It anyway. was all coming to me. I I have I have been uncomfortable in writing co writing sessions with people. Some some I'm fine, but mm-hmm. but it's weird. I never felt uncomfortable writing with her in the room, and then she could kind of go, "Yeah, you should, you should finish that." Or yeah, that's there were some that I was like, Mm-mm. "Well, that's a big part like, of a co write anyway." Did. Is affirmation right? Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you just need someone to be like, "Was, was that good? Is that good?" You know, no, let's try this. You know, yeah. it's like hard by yourself. You're like, well, I don't know if it's good or not. Yeah. And also, man, there's. I don't write songs. I don't know. Uh, I, I've noticed with artists, no, not all of them. I mean, you know, there are exceptions like Sting and Paul Simon and those guys, you, they just keep writing good mm-hmm. songs. But a lot of us had sort of a season where it was like we hit something and creatively it just sort of flushed out of mm-hmm. us. And my, you know, my twenties were like that. And she was kind of, she was there with me in the cool. in the room actually when I wrote those songs. I'm happy to hear that because I haven't hit mine yet, so I'm excited that mine's still coming. You're in my fifties. I haven't hit mine either. Yeah, so you're a star, Drew. 
<laughs> Our goal on this podcast is to make Drew famous. Drew is, this is famous. My, this is my big break. <laughs> sorry. Man. This is your big yes. break. I'm so sorry. It's a big break in a this small window. This is a window. very little break. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so the, like the, the, the long-form kind of narrative is fine. You know, this is what John Eldridge was trying to teach us back with Wild at Heart and Journey of Desire. Remember, mm-hmm. those, those books were really... Sacred romance. Yeah, they were really influential, and some of us, you know, really went for it. And he was... I remember he had a quote one time. He said, the, the, the church has stopped, sell, has stopped telling the long-form story of God, and Hollywood is telling it now. Mm. And... Now, I feel like, what are we, 10 years, 15 years later, like people are adopting this narrative language, which is so helpful in doing what I do, because looking back for people when they're reflecting on their life, a lot of times you notice that they've adopted a coping narrative, mm-hmm. where they'll say something like, well, they just did the best they could, or, oh, that happens I, a and, lot. And, I, and, I, and I go, well, well but did they? Mm-hmm. You know, and you know what I mean? So yeah. they, they've developed a survival narrative. Yeah. And then we go back and we kind of thread together, oh, th- this is what was really happening. Like mm-hmm. the message of, you know, if I fast forward, or sorry, if I rewind back to this scene, what was what was really going on mm-hmm. during this time? And then- I feel like thinking, like you're talking parents, oh, they did the best they could with yeah. what they had. I do think there is a little bit of a grace that happens, but I do, okay, let me finish. Let me go back is what I mean to say. So <laughs> let, me let me finish. Don't interrupt me. <laughs> I was sitting here thinking uh, we're, Wait, we're, what I meant, we're well, Let me go back. Quiet. When you start with, shut up, you guys. I told you, let me finish. <laughs> By you saying that, cause us to interrupt you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was forward thinking. You knew it was about to happen. Yeah, I knew it was coming. Okay, so if you start out with, I, they did the best they could then you're kind of cutting that off. But if you go, I think you have to give grace, but you have to get through the anger first. Yeah. And eventually you get to, they did the best they could. But when you start out with it, it's, I think it's almost a, I don't want to judge. Does that make yeah. sense? Like, I don't want to judge because that they had, that's all the information they yeah. had. That is part of the journey. I think like yeah. you get angry. You got to go through that. Well, you, you realize it first. You're like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe I didn't get everything I needed from my parents. Yeah. yeah. Then you get angry and resentful, but then you kind of journey through and there's some sadness that comes. Yeah. And there's, you know, then I think maybe just because I'm a parent, you, you, there are, there is some grace because you're like, I kind of hope you're my like, kids oh. are, will give me yeah. the same grace. Yeah. But I heard someone say just this week that the message that they received wasn't necessarily the message that was given, which I felt like was a, was a graceful way of saying like, Hey, I received things that wasn't necessarily what my parents were trying to say. It's just, I just huh. received it yeah. differently. And so again, it's not to like let, you know, cause I think a healthy parent, like for me, I want my kids and we talk about this all the time. Like, Hey, we failed you in a lot of ways. So go get what you need in therapy and then come back and let's have a conversation about yeah. it. Yeah. And even when we sent Grace to, to college, we had dinner with her and asked her, like, hey, tell us about your childhood. Like what what did you get? What didn't you get? Where wow. were you? Where did we win? Where did we not do so yeah. well? And go get and then let's That's come back and let's have those. Yeah. And she was she was honest. I mean, she's our Enneagram nine. She's a lot like she's very was very easy to parent. But I think because of that, we did overlook her some because mm. uh. the oldest of four kids. She's like, yeah. Sometimes I just felt like there was so much chaos in the family that I needed to just kind of like not add to that. So I just mm. kind of shrunk away. And I was like, man, that's kind of hard to hear. 
but hopefully she'll, she can do the work and she can come back right. and have that conversation. But yeah, I, th- I feel that way. I received a lot of childhood messages that I know my parents didn't intend to give, but both are true. Like I still received it. Right. So I got to deal with mm-hmm. it. That's yeah. That's interesting. Well, and I think too, I mean, this, this isn't just about like parental, you know, how a parent informs you growing up. I, I think what I was trying to get at, and I think you're right, Jennifer, you, you, you do, you've, you've got to get down through the anger to get to the truth. But uh, what if I'm sitting with a client who, um, who believed whatever, you know, they, they got, she got pretty in high school. And then the, the narrative, the false narrative became, well, I, as long as I stay pretty. Mm. Um, and then we start to, we start to believe these things because sometimes they prove to be, you know, yeah, they, they prove like if, a, if a mom tells a girl, you can do anything you want, as long as you stay pretty. Well, unfortunately that's not completely true, but there's some truth to it. And so we, there are some things you can't do culturally. Mm-hmm. And so what we, what we, what I try to do is kind of detach the things that are false mm-hmm. it, because you'll find that maybe that girl want she want she's actually very smart. She mm-hmm. wants to be known for her intellect or a guy who's athletic and, but he also is empathetic, but that's mm-hmm. never been the thing that's, that's made him. Yeah. It's not made him successful. And so he, so we go and we try to peel away and go into like, well, what, what's the, what's true about you? Mm-hmm. Like, like tell me about little drew, like when you're daydreaming playing in the woods or you're out on your surfboard and you're singing songs and what's great about this kind of inner child work is that, you know, and I, I don't, I, we go to church and I want to blame everything on the church, but we have come to think that, that sometimes our happiness or contentment is we got to find something out there and where is it? You know, I'm just, but actually it's, it's in there. Right. Like if you can find a way to get back to your kind of the first thing of you, like, and we spend time with that and it makes things better. It's like magic. I don't, you know, I don't know how the mechanics work. Sure. It's neurobiology. It is some trauma recovery, but, uh, if a person will, will sit long enough with their younger self, that first little stalk that came Mm -hmm. up, they'll start to go, yeah, that's, oh, that feels like me. And they'll, they'll do things. They'll, you'll hear them go, oh man, that would be awesome. Mm -hmm. And I go, well, tell me what would be awesome about that. Well, I could never do that because I'm okay. That doesn't mean you're going to do it. But tell me the dream, yeah, because that's still alive, and you're, you know, and I'll look at their eyes, and it's a window, literally, to the soul. Mm-hmm. Like the one person that the one thing that doesn't age about a person is their eyes. Mm. You can look into. I used to look into my father in law's eyes, and his eyes were like young and blue, and he had really pretty. Blue yeah, eyes. and mm-hmm. it was just oh, there's little Ken. You know, and he then he'd take us down to the shop and we'd build robots or something. But like, <laughs> um, so like it, you know, if a if a person will just, but here's the thing, it requires time and solitude, mm-hmm. and those are the two things that scare us. Mm-hmm. We don't want to be quiet for a long time, yeah, and so, so it's, true. it's I'm so bad at that. You are. I'm so bad at that. You're I've pretty being quiet. Noise going really, but you're good at alone. I'm good at alone, but I, I will always have a podcast on. I yeah. like to have noise in the background. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I used to be good at solitude and quiet, and I just feel like I've gotten. Mm. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Right now. That's, I feel that. That's the ingredients. 
I know. Solitude I and time. I mean, and it. it I gotta do better. This, shame, the podcast shame. ended with shame. <laughs> Good. Shame on me. It took me. us 45 minutes to yeah. get to where we wanted to be. Finally. Jennifer in shame. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been fun. We'll see you next week for episode five. Thanks again to Seek for sponsoring this podcast. Woo-hoo. Drew, uh, yeah. you heading out anywhere? coming are you here for a while you're back to denver all right so enjoy that trip and you're staying here i'm staying here i'm off to texas and we will be back and we'll talk to you all next week thanks bye peace